Well, thanks for taking the time to sit down. Uh, I before we jumped in, you were like, uh, "Why me?" And mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I will tell you, I'll tell you why. Okay. Uh, and it's uh, the I'd say one of the reasons is uh, I know that you're a big old nerd. I can tell yeah. from yeah. Uh, your your enthusiasm for board games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe I've sent you some recommendations in the yes. past. Um, so uh, I would love to not only talk about uh, what uh, nerdy shit you're into, but we can talk about voiceover and stuff as well. I mean, Ugh. Uh, if, if you'd like, uh, yeah. I um, we uh, you were recently uh, in Persona Five Strikers, yes. Uh, which uh, I was also like, dude, that's great because like I I think you're great. Oh. Uh, I think you're very talented. No, you're and, great. Oh no, you're great, you're and great. Uh, and you know when I saw you in the cast, I was like, hell yeah! Like that is a that is like a great choice. Uh, yeah. But, uh, uh, with the character Zenkichi, right? Yeah, Zenkichi Hasegawa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zenkichi. Yeah. Uh, I actually haven't played it yet, but for mm-hmm. those of you who are who do play the game, who are listening, uh, that is uh, Tom's character. But uh, yeah. before we get into any of that, I. Sure. Uh, would just like to know during these sort of uh, troubled times, what have you been doing in your spare time? When you have, if you have spare time, I know obviously I'm sure work takes up a lot of time, but mm. and family I'm sure, but you know, yeah. if you have time to yourself, what what are what is keeping you uh, entertained these days? Well, the the hard part has been kind of finding social interactions, but I was kind of saved mm. that before all of this went down because my friends that I've had for, you know, a long time since, you know, university and things like that, we've been separated just by geography for the longest time. And so Mm. we've been hanging out and playing games together, uh, like back, like AOL Instant Messenger and Mm -hmm. ICQ and then Skype and uh, TeamSpeak. Like we've done all of them. And now mm. we migrated to uh, Discord. So yeah. sometimes, you know, once everybody gets set up and you know the kids are off to bed or on their way, like I just log on to Discord and we'll hang out and somebody will play a game and we'll watch them. Uh, lately, we've been playing Valheim together. Um, uh, I've heard good things. That's uh, oh, yeah. like a sandboxy one, like y- bit Minecrafty. Yes, right? Minecraft yeah, yeah, yeah. via uh, the Viking Afterlife. Um, mm. and then they, the, the way they put it is we felt it was time to bring PlayStation one graphics back and, <laughs> and they, they did like it's, it's low poly, but they did some really wonderful work with some of the, uh, the textures and then the lighting and whatnot. So it has a very distinctive look and feel to it. Oh, uh, interesting. Great, like, I actually particles. did not know that about this. Yeah. Huh. And, and we even, it's an early access, but we're you know, we uh, one of us bought in because we heard the buzz, and then all of us bought in, and it's been it's been interesting. Now they play more than I do, so mm. half the time I come in and everybody makes fun of my like little ramshackle house, um, <laughs> but I will also come in and say, "What do you guys need?" And we'll work together. Uh, as a uh, as a friend of mine says, uh, each Viking according to their Viking, uh, sure. <laughs> as we have this kind of like nice. Uh, commune going on as we uh, traverse and put things together. So everybody's got 
beds and extra beds in every home. They have a network of teleporters set up so we can get where it's unbelievable. The the, the sounds like a better systems. life than uh, COVID. <laughs> oh right, sounds like, like you're you're living your best yeah. life through another game. Oh yeah, yeah. So there's that. Um, but I play you know, games with the kids. We do lots of board games. Uh, it's uh, at, the, like at the beginning we were more like, yeah, let's do more board games. Let's do this. Uh, let's play mm-hmm. these things together. And we did all of that and bought like multiple copies of uh, of Animal Crossing uh, for me, mm. and especially my daughter. My son played a little bit. We did Ultimate Chicken Horse online with friends, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. Just yeah. anything to keep going. Um, but then we also uh, were a music family, so we all play music, um, piano, and I dabble in guitar and whatnot. So, mm. yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of things. And, and work is... The way I look at it, like work is work. Um, True. So, you know, uh, you're probably more busy in like the standard stuff, the kind of that we're out here for. But my day mm-hmm. job is uh, my my day job basically is audiobooks. So mm-hmm. when I'm not doing something for Persona or uh-huh. a commercial something or whatever it is, I am in this booth that I'm in right now, reading things out loud yeah. for hours on it um and then of course just juggling being at home with the family too you know um sure sure i was in a very uh, advantageous spot because i already worked from home my wife was able to transition to working from home as well and then we were able to just go well what do you kids need okay here's a you know here's a chromebook and <laughs> here's a chromebook for you too and what else do you need and we set up desks for everybody and everybody got set with what they needed so you know, and we've had our own like kind of mental health stuff <laughs> as a result of all of this, but right, we've right. weathered it okay. So we've been really, we've been, we've been fortunate in that regard. Uh, difficult though it may be, but we kind of, you know, bought in to a couple different things and just tried to keep going. So I'm glad to hear it's a that. Yeah. Uh, How about you? Similar to um, you were mentioning your your friend group that's sort of been separated, uh, mm-hmm. like by by location. Like uh, my oldest, one of my oldest friend groups from like high school. Oh, like yeah. we've known each, we've known each other what like you know 15, 15 some years now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's, it's the exact same progression. Like aim to Skype. Yeah. Uh, did you ever go into Uvu? <laughs> No, was, what is um, No, that was a piece of shit. Don't no, worry about it. No, look it up. Uh, look it, it up was right like now. it was like <laughs> Skype was like getting shitty. Yes. And then it was like, okay, how can we I mean Discord is what we use now. Uh, yeah. but even that was not Ooh. uh until uh quarantine, that was not a regular thing we were using that often. Uh but hmm. now it's like Discord has become like part of my everyday life, I feel. Like yeah. You know, um, and it's been kind of interesting because, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I was used to interacting with that friend group that way. But now I've been interacting with, you know, sort of what do you, what do you call offline friends or people, local friends. Yeah. But now yeah. that I can't see them, it's like, oh, well, now it's become a lot more normalized, which I actually like. I, I, I'd always because um, I tend to stay up late, uh, mm. sometimes not by sometimes not by choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I tend to have trouble sleeping sometimes. And oh, so. Yeah. Uh, before quarantine, I would always have like, oh, it'd be kind of nice if I could just shoot the shit with somebody. Um, yeah. But now with Discord and everybody staying at home, it's become very easy to just. Is anybody awake? Yeah, let's just let's just shoot the shit. Yeah, uh, that sort of thing. Um, so similar boat there. Uh, oh, yeah. I would love to hear what mm. 
board games you've been playing with the family. Like, what uh, what age are your kids? Okay, um, my boy just turned ten about a week ago, mm-hmm. so he's ten, and my daughter's mm-hmm. twelve. She'll be thirteen. <laughs> She'll be thirteen in September. So, um, <laughs> and did were they? Did you bring them into board games, or yes. were they interest? I see. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, yeah. I'd always always been that way, and we always had always had uh, video games around. And mm-hmm. so then we tried to get people, you know, off screens and offline and board game stuff was kind of, you know, this is X number of years ago. It was really, it was building. It was, it was starting to, mm. starting to boom, you know, um, and we yeah. were getting more Euro games and all sorts of stuff that uh, were finally creeping into, uh, into America, you know, and I remember playing the old, the original Dune board game Mm-mm, that they just yeah. reprinted um right and that was the first time i'd ever had anything like that a buddy of mine who went to the illinois math and science academy he invited me out and we stayed with him and and, and these super these super uber nerds like it, it <laughs> introduced us to this thing and i'd never seen anything like it and i and i still remember sitting in this too small dorm room with a bunch of dudes trying to figure out this game and i really didn't but i was uh, mesmerized at the systems and all that thing that was doing. Yeah. So was that the first sort of the game that kind of got you into the hobby? You know what? I had friends and we were all just playing all sorts of stuff, tabletop RPGs, you know, D and D, whatever we get on. Um, Sure. And then somebody bought Axis and Allies. So that Mm. was, that was a, that was a good big one, right? You'd never, cause we played, you know, um, we played Candyland, you know, we had, everybody had sure, Monopoly, sure. things like that. And then suddenly yeah. somebody brings out this giant, giant board with all this plastic and these dice and these, and we were like, whoa, what is this? And we devoured the rules and then we just spent a weekend playing the game, you know, to its inevitable, terrible conclusion. Um, mm-hmm. Even though we know, oh, well, this is losing, but you know what? Let's fight the fight. Let's do the thing. Um, right, so there right. was that kind of stuff. But especially became because of video games and, you know, college and everything, a lot of that kind of disappeared. And mm. it, you know, it didn't pop up again. I don't even know what year it would be, but, you know, until like Catan came into yeah, general yeah. consciousness. And because I was kind of already steeped in, you know, nerd culture and games and gaming, I was, I, you know, tripped into Catan earlier than than other people that I, that I know. Sure. Um, so I got that one, you know, early and then bought into all the other stuff. And so with the kids, it was just like, well, this is just an extension of the video games and everything else. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I taught them uh, kind of like chess early mm-hmm. just to do it. And again, I've got, you know, young kids. It's like, well, I want to interact with them. That's not a screen and some of this other stuff. And so a good board game is, is important. Um, mm-hmm. My daughter devours systems. She loves it. Mm. Uh, for my son, it's theme. And dice. Ah, I so see. if I, I can roll a fistful of dice, he loves it. He loves pushes luck, you know, test. Even though he gets really angry when luck does not go out, <laughs> it does not go the way he wants it to. So he loves that, but then he loves theme. You know, he loves seeing sure. all the pictures and stuff. So one of the ones we played actually just this weekend was, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm blanking on it. Uh, what's it about? What's it? What, what, as the what's... Viking, uh, Viking worker placement placement game. Um, Raiders of the North Sea? No, I haven't gotten uh, that one yet. The other Champions one. of Midgard? Champions of Midgard, yes. Champions mm-hmm. of Midgard. Right? Yeah, yeah. Good theme. Pretty e- relatively easy teach. Mm-hmm. Handfuls of dice. Yeah. And the handfuls of dice are you 
going into battle and you know defeating yeah. Draugr and things like you know things like that. So that one hooks with everybody. Grace loves picking apart the systems, figuring out how to do it. Um, but the, and then my son, he's he just loves going into it and and playing the game and figuring it out and gathering yeah. all his guys. Um, so that's a good one. Everybody actually really loves my little scythe. Oh yeah, I've heard good things. Yeah, it a brilliant. It's a, a brilliant distillation of scythe. It really, uh-huh. it really, really is. Um, yeah. Also a good a good teach, and I think that's the hardest thing around here is that mm. when I teach a game, I have to teach to many different levels. Sure. My daughter, who's like, "What is this? Let's go." My son, who's <laughs> yo younger and doesn't necessarily have the attention span for some things, and it takes him a little longer to kind of figure things out. And then my wife, who's usually like burned out by the end of the day, right? <laughs> so I've got to teach through burnout, you know, yeah. you know, age differences and differences in in interests. So that's the hard part of finding the right thing. And um, my little scythe just clicked. Just mm. it just clicked. It just hit everybody's levels. It's, you know, uh, the teach boils down to something simple like, "Here's what you can do on your turn." That's it. These, these are the yeah, limited yeah. choices you need to make in your turn. And if you want to do something, then and it's great because you can just say, well, I want to do this. And then I can reply, all right, here's how you do that. Mm-hmm. And then the turn's over. And maybe you'll yeah. remember that next time that comes around. Whereas right. my daughter's already plowed through the the, the, the instruction manual and, <laughs> and has figured out something. You know, I'll bring up something. It's in that and a few other games. And I'll point out and say, well, if you do this, this is going to happen. She says, right. But if this happens and I take this, then I'm going to move over here. And, and I'm just like, ah, no, no, she's she's doing 3D chess. And here I am thinking I'm talking to a 12-year-old and I am not. Your daughter sounds like that's uh, if I had access to the bounty of good games we have mm-hmm. now at at her age. Right. That, that was the mindset I had. Like, you know, it was funny. Like, I look back and, you know, my sort of jump uh, into the hobby was... Oh God! At this point, maybe ten some years ago, I think I forget exactly when, but like, <laughs> dipped my toes into like Forbidden Island on an impulse buy at a store, mm-hmm. uh, which is very very solid little game. And I mean, now I've just gone. Now, let me ask you before I continue: Do you have a board game geek account? Um, I, I don't know. You don't know? I'm surprised. It's uh, not like a site. You, you, you seem like you know your shit. I like, do. Well, the fact I, that I said Raiders of the North Sea and you were like, not that one, Champions of Midgard. I was like, this guy's a fucking... Oh, hell yeah. A, oh, God. Yeah. Noob, Uber. It's it's always those funny things, too. Um, when I... <laughs> I It happened again on a, on a recent video game recording that I obviously can't discuss because everything's mm. NDA'd. But the same thing happened with uh, when Persona came around. And I'm mm. talking to the gang over at PCB, and they're like, "So mm. the game's like, no, no, no. I played the other ones. Let's go. No, no let's go. Let's go. I, I know what <laughs> yeah. this is. I yeah, know what yeah. this is." Um, and it was the same like like one of my earliest uh, video game recordings, like back in Chicago, many many moons ago. The guy was like explaining it was for a, a Vampire the Masquerade, basically uh, Hunter, Hunter the Reckoning. Hunter the Reckoning mm. is the game, mm. and he's explaining about this villain character um, to me, and he's like. And the guy kind of like meek, meekly says, so are you familiar with the world of <laughs> darkness proper? You know? And I said, <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh yeah, we all played uh, uh, Vampire the Masquerade when I was in college and we got this, you know, I got the source book at home. He goes, oh, 
awesome, great. Okay, so your character, he's a typical Ventru, and he just starts ri- you know, rattling off stuff in the parlance nice. of the game, and it became yeah. this great shorthand. And then the same thing, too, is with he starts talking about, so we need this, I need some jumping sounds. It's kind of like, a, I said, let's roll. And I just <laughs> rip out some jumping sounds. It's like, dude, I play the games, you know, and because... You know, there's not there weren't a lot of like overlap between, especially like Chicago actors that mm. were part of that world and that could yeah. they could chat in that. So I've always had a really good uh, kind of shorthand when working on video games because I've played the games. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And then then when you get into stuff like this, you know, it was great to be able to say, "Yo, I know what this is," you know. And I remember having fun, and Keith's like, "What?" He was laughing. I said, "Well, I just got the." I just got to shout persona today. That's not something that happens every day, Keith, you know? And it was. It was yeah, like this yeah. really cool day to, you know, to to do that. Um yeah, so it's uh it's definitely like something that's kind of been with me for a long a long time and it's it's really played into uh into the work. At least just to give you a shorthand. You know, everything else sure. still has to be acting and all of that base work needs to be there. But it's nice to have this other little thing that kind of helps out a little bit just a little bit of a you know a little bit of a goose well, it's even more than that because it's like you know that shit you're like oh yeah i played the first five games or whatever you're like yeah, yeah i know exactly what this is yeah um i i guess uh this is sort of a perfect segue into i'm i'm just curious as to what you know what's your what's your background like how did you sort of fall into voiceover what, what was that uh journey like for you well um so i have a theater degree I am mm-hmm. an actor actor. I am an actor ass actor. I have <laughs> I have <laughs> a I have a BFA in yeah. theater. Uh Magna Cum Laude. Um I was about eighth grade. I saw a production. I saw a production of Into the Woods at uh, uh, ba- uh back in uh, uh back in the Chicago area and mm-hmm. I was just like looking around and just had this moment of I want to do this for people. I want to have fun too. And as I thought, I think I want to do this. I think I want to be an actor. And my folks are are and still have been they're just wonderful. And I, I I mentioned this to them eighth grade, and sure. they kind of humored me for a while. <laughs> like, uh-huh. sure, sweetie, sure, because uh, yeah. I was interested in all sorts of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. As a good student, I got you know the right grades, took all the you know advanced courses, whatever. But then. Um, I wound up auditioning for Into the Woods at a uh, uh, local uh, community theater, uh, the Woodstock Opera House, which was like a, a big deal out there. Mm. And I wound up auditioning. It's like 15, 16. And I wound up playing Jack for their production of Into the Woods. Mm, okay. And my mother is a, my mother is a retired uh, language arts teacher. And mm. she always did singing and musicals and theater. And so I knew when I watched her do that stuff growing up. And my dad is a environmental engineer, so I had these mm-hmm. two things always in, in my head. And it was after seeing the show one night and whatnot. He's he's driving home with me, and he says, "Hey, let's start looking at some colleges." Mm. You know, and it and and it was that they were like, "Yeah, he's he came in, he competed with, you know, adults and all sorts of other people from the community, and was able to do X Y Z and." Yeah. And he dedicated himself to this thing as he was doing it through school and kept up his grit. It's like, let's look at it. So 
Yeah. yeah, so I got the degree, did the thing, and then I came out and I thought, all right, I'm going to go be an actor, which is mm -hmm. a really crap goal, right? You know, <laughs> especially sure. nowadays, there's so much out there. And I'll, I tell students anytime I, I work with students, it's like, nah, you, you got to... I gotta focus a little bit better than that, but I didn't know. I didn't know any better. Right. And right. voiceover and voice acting weren't as accessible then as it is sure. now. It wasn't even necessarily mm -hmm. like you weren't even aware of it as a career. Mm -hmm. Um, because there was no online stuff. People yeah. were just starting to follow voice actors at that point. This is uh -huh. like this is the early aughts. So okay, it wasn't what it is now um yeah and so i wound up with uh i did some dinner theater they got me an agent that they're, they're all closed down now but mm -hmm. they because i was miked for this show and did some like silly voice stuff they were like mm -hmm. let's try it and they put me on tape on cassette Damn. tape <laughs> to audition for uh and it's my first voiceover audition and that wound up getting me to do a few different voices for Dao Fang, the Fist of Lotus on the original Xbox. Wow. Um, yeah. And okay. I got, got to work with uh, John Tobias, half of John Tobias and Ed Boon, you know, creators of Mortal Kombat. So that was like yeah. really, really cool. Um, and then later I would get to uh, meet Ed Boon working on uh, uh, Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance. And uh, so I should have known. And so was this, was this like right out of college? Yeah. Uh, a year more out. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So it was, um, so that was like, oh, this is a thing. And then like not much else. Not much mm -hmm. else, you know. Um, it was just uh, another thing to do among other stuff. And I was like trying to make my way into the Chicago theater, do all that stuff, right? Oh, I'm a theater actor, theater actor. Bounced around between some other agencies and whatnot. And um, finally found like when it came to commercial type stuff for commercial meaning like money acting. <laughs> sure, like sure, on camera yeah. stuff like that you know versus theater uh not that theater can't be lucrative but you know it's not as lucrative unless you hit certain places so right. and in chicago you just do everything you can i know very mm -hmm. few actors who are just like well i just act they are all uh -huh. acting in every single thing that comes through town and these are the people that inspired me i watched i watched you know a bunch of people that i know and love norm boucher william dick and they're in every film that came through town Mm -hmm. They're running the, the you know the gamut of the theaters in the area, and yeah. producing their own stuff. And uh, I was never much of a, like a producer kind of um, go getter. Like I look at what you do and what you have done, and I'm like, holy crap! Like I couldn't do that now. And it's <laughs> and it's genius what you've done, and I and I absolutely love it. Um, I appreciate and, that. Oh, dude. Oh, and I told I told my daughter like, hey, you know what I'm gonna talk to. <laughs> today she's like what someone like yeah we're gonna oh, hang does out she know who i am yes well you know well, she's tell on, her tell her i said hi i absolutely will absolutely will yeah, yeah you know and i mentioned like this the you know, your, your work stuff and then of course you know your your shorter and long form uh videos on youtube and everything like that so yeah she knows the stuff she's mm. she's into anime and drawing and art and things like that and you're always going to find certain communities um, sure, sure. So yeah, so I, I didn't have that. So I'm just like trying to, mm, I'm just trying to act, 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 act. And yeah. um, the whole time, this little percolating, this voiceover thing was happening. I wasn't really doing anything on camera. Mm -hmm. And oh, a tall, thin, white guy in theater. Whoa, <laughs> you know, I'm not doing anything, <laughs> right? It, it, yeah. it, I'm I'm sneaking into big places like Chicago Shakespeare because I can speak the speak. 
I can understudy mm. anybody. Oh, and I can fight. Uh, okay. And so that was one of those things where like, well, this kid's cheap, <laughs> you know? Mm. Um, and, uh, and I learned a lot there and working at some of the other great places. And it wasn't until like, it, it, I mean, I, I went to the final agency that I'm with still in Chicago called Grossman and Jack. Mm-hmm. I, I went in there because I was changing up agents and they were like, oh, so you want to sign up for stuff like that? I said, look, I'm going to be real honest. The only place that keeps me, that keeps calling me back and saying, and, and saying yes more is voiceover. So I don't know mm-hmm. what you want to do. And uh, Vanessa Lanier, she just <laughs> like throws my demo and whatever aside. She puts some copy in my hand. She's like, let's go. Come on in. Yeah. Yeah. And I read some stuff and she's like, yeah, I'm happy. And they helped develop me and do stuff like that. And I kind of hit the glass ceiling in theater in Chicago, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I joined Actors' Equity, so suddenly I couldn't do any of the non-equity theaters. And that means sure. the number of theaters you can work at suddenly becomes a lot smaller. And mm. I now know, in, in hindsight, that like, I suddenly was competing because you have to you know, pay people now. Um, I mm-hmm. was competing with friends and colleagues who had been entrenched in the theater circles longer. Yeah. So... Are you going to cast the new guy that maybe you do or don't know, even if he's pretty good? Or are you going to cast this guy that you've worked with before for multiple seasons? Right. So we're going to get right. that guy. And then I also knew, I now know of myself then, there was nothing that I was going to do as an actor or a performer that mm. would push me out above those folks. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't going to happen. That's just not who or where or what I was at that point. Um, yeah. I still don't know if there would be something that I could come in and do to to you know to wow somebody in a face in a face market you know where somebody sees me um Mm -hmm. and then what happened was that that kind of like fell away and i said to my fiance now wife i said i don't think unless my agent puts me out to stuff and they sent me to like steppenwolf and uh, the goodman and chicago shakespeare again i said i don't think i'm gonna do the thing where either hit myself against this wall because I just a wall hit, and I would do the the generals auditions. I'd run in and do like monologues for all this stuff. Yeah. Nobody called, but the thing mm-hmm. that kept going and bringing in some money was this voiceover stuff. And I said to my wife, "I think I'm going to stop going after this theater thing and just go whole hog in voiceover." What do you think? Mm. And she's like, "I guess, sure." Mm-hmm. Um, and so the last time I was on stage was. Oh crap! <laughs> I'm doing the math now, <laughs> and it's coming up on 14 years now. Wow. 13, 14 years. Um, yeah. And it was touch and go for the first year or so, and then between the work that was going on, my agency, and and what I was doing, like I was just firing on all cylinders, and um, yeah. and just doing all of that, and I wound up like doing the things. I was like, I I, f- I felt like, oh my god, I did it. Not only am I making a living as an actor, I'm making a living as an actor and I've got like a family. I've got this mm. little house. And yeah, that all, is no small feat. Right? Yeah. I was like, I did the thing. And then yeah. a few years ago, we decided, let's throw these things away and move to L.A. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what had, what had happened is I was watching. So for a while, I was just doing voiceover. It was great. And sure. then I started doing voiceover and teaching voiceover at Columbia mm-hmm. College in Chicago. 
Mm-hmm. And then I was doing voiceover, teaching Columbia voiceover, and then started doing audiobooks as well. Mm. And then said, and I found that I was making the same or less money. I was doing more and more mm. hustle, but not seeing stuff. And then my wife was finishing her degree in speech language pathology and yeah. was finding that if she was going to continue working, it would be another year or more before they would let her practice in the state of Illinois. But because of the need in California, California would let her practice at full salary with the intent to graduate. Wow. That's how badly they needed her services. Um, So we we were just, she was finishing up some schoolwork in the car. I got kids in the back, dog, and we're driving out to Dubuque, Iowa, where her family's from. And we, and she more than me had this like kind of come to Jesus moment, as it were, saying, "I think we need to move." Like mm. I didn't see, I couldn't see long term where my career in Chicago went. I really couldn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she was like, "You can't support us, kind of like as 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 is, you know, anymore." It wasn't you uh-huh. know, again because we didn't see long term. Right. So we rented out the house, found yeah. a rental out here, and. Um, uh, and then we we were lucky we were able to sell it, mm-hmm. and yeah, so like that's the long story. And then three months, uh, three months after I I moved out here, uh, the first thing I booked was Mass Effect Andromeda. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> yeah, right. Like yeah. And one of the other things too, and I've said this before in a bunch of stuff. So hey, if you're listening to this for any new information from me, you're not going to get it. These are the same stories I've told. <laughs> Every podcast, every interview ever. Um, But one of the things I was teaching at Columbia College for voiceover was uh, video game voiceover. Um, Mm, One of their professors there, she's wonderful, um, uh, said, you seem to know this stuff. I'm like, yeah, I kind of do. And she's like, come up with a class. So I came up with a syllabus and brought it in. And what I said to the last semester of students who were bummed because they were like, well, I wanted to come back and take this course or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I said, look. I'm going to be really honest. I've been teaching you guys for a while, and I think you've done really, really well. But if I can't compete with the big kids, Mm -hmm. I have no business teaching you anything or coming up with this course. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's what worth is anything that I'm saying if that isn't, if I'm not applying it and making it function in the real world. Sure, Um, sure. And so it was really... um, it was really pretty good, <laughs> you know, to get that one. It's like, oh, whew. okay, maybe yeah. I do. Maybe I do know what I'm doing. Um, and it and it was fantastic. And so, yeah, I mean that that was that was the first thing that I booked out here. And there's been other stuff, you know, big things, small things. Um, the voice of Hyundai for about two years, something like that, which was mm. really really cool. Uh, yeah. My agency back in Chicago, we always talked, oh, we got to get you a car, Tom, because yeah, good commercial money. And it wasn't right. until I moved out here. You know that there was a that there was a thing. Um, yeah. So, are you with that agency still, or have you, have you since switched to a new agency here? I am still with Grossman and Jack in Chicago, and mm. then I am with RSA here. Mm-hmm. But really, I'm just following Vanessa Gilbert wherever she goes. So I when see. I first I came see. out here, uh, I had meetings with a few different agents, and uh, like CESD was like, and this is because I wasn't thinking of moving out here at first. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of trying the bicoastal thing or whatever. Yeah. And CESD, those folks were like really, really cool. But they were like, we don't have enough work for the people that we have out here. So when mm-hmm. you come out here, you let us know. You know, we can't represent you from afar. Um, gotcha. 
other places were like that too. And then, um, and then I came into TGM, TGMD, um, uh, Tisherman, was it, uh, uh, Tisherman, Motley, uh, Gilbert and Drozowski. And mm. what, and I came in and they were like, if they felt like my folks, but my, my team back in Chicago, they were just, there was really low key. There's like dogs in the office. It was really, really cool. And Vanessa Gilbert, who, who's kind of running things there, she's like, I got to go meet with somebody. And I'm talking with her and uh, Ilko Drozowski and talking about stuff. And she said, I got to go meet with this person. But before I go, we don't meet with people if we don't want to work with them. Mm. And I was like, damn, Vanessa. Okay. So I like yeah. worked with them remotely for a little bit for okay. like maybe a year if that not much yeah. happened for it but you know i was just on the roster and then i said hey i'm coming out mm. and uh she and ilko like threw me out the door when i first got here and there's a lot of stuff like that and then you know stuff changed at tgmd um and vanessa was just like hey i'm going to moving agencies and doing this and you're coming with me and i was mm. like uh nice uh okay and she says and she's like, nobody said no yet. <laughs> Come on, you know. <laughs> and then she wound up, that agency, Solid, wound up changing and shifting. And she's like, I'm going over to these other, these other people. I love them. They're wonderful. Uh, and they don't have a voiceover division, but I'm bringing everybody over and you're coming with me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, um, I mean, that's one of the things that's probably been, you know, different out here in that, you know, could I be at one of the big places, you know, like Vox and, and mm. all these other places, you know, maybe and some, I've had friends of mine, uh, industry and others like, you know, maybe you should be, but I'm not, I'm a follow Vanessa until, until I retire because she yeah. has put me in a place and give me certain opportunities that are phenomenal. Um, and again, something I tell students like, no, you want somebody that works with you that does yeah. it that way and she she really does and she gets me and then she'll send me something weird and i was like why'd you send me this and she says well i heard this other thing you did and i was like oh my god you're listening you know that kind yeah, of thing yeah. and figuring it out um and to, uh, also there are places like <laughs> i look at the roster and i'm like oh man i don't want to compete for the audition mm, and yeah. that you know like I'll, i i want to be at the same agency as you no way i can't <laughs> i can't can't beat you can't beat someone right it's like forget it um <laughs> and that's and so that's one of the other reasons that i'm like i'm sticking it out with her like i said it's sure. it's worked but you know um that trust and yeah the faith I she mean, has she, in me someone who I, clearly vouches for you vouches yeah. for you puts like has a lot of faith and you know sees your worth so that totally makes sense yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. That, so that's the I, very long story. That's the very long voiceover. <laughs> no, no, no. That I, 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 I love hearing about people's like sort of journeys, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, it's it's funny. You know, you say like voiceover kind of just crept in as as a sort of oh, this is sort of working. And I listen to yeah. just your natural speaking voice, and I'm like, damn, how did this guy not figure it out sooner? <laughs> oh no. Well, part of it is because early on, like. So there's a couple things that happen. Um, sure. That early on, um, like, you know, I had a trained theater voice, right? Mm -hmm. And and I've sounded like this since I was like 18. And then you <laughs> cultivate that theater voice because you're in theater, right? And right. you learn to do Shakespeare out in the park, literally 
in a park with planes flying over, right? So you've got to mm-hmm. be able to speak to the back of the house, right? All that stuff. Nobody wants that in the booth. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted that in the booth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the commercial read, especially because Chicago is very much a commercial town, is yeah. natural, you know, not a, right, non-announcery, right? Like everything right. says, non-announcery. Um, natural so, reads. Yes. And, and so yeah. I had to learn, oh, how do I make this sound natural? And so I'm like, mm. well, lift it up out of the chest voice so it sounds like a regular person. And then nobody sounds this clean. Nobody sounds this clean. So then I started, you know, bringing in little bits of, you know, dust and, you know, uh, little crap and things like that. Like at one point yeah. I'm working on um, I'm working on Hyundai and I was like, you know, the new. And I did like the little cracky thing. And mm. that was part of like the, the read. And this guy said, could you not crack on that when you hit that note mm. as you come in? I was like, yeah. Yeah, I can. Because yeah. this whole thing is, is like an artificial layering to mm-hmm. make it sound mm-hmm. like a regular person, <laughs> right. you know? Um, right. And then the other part, of course, is the read itself. So, you know, it took me a while, unless I was putting on a character or doing something like that, to find, like, well, what's, like, what is the natural read? Um, and I think some of it comes, yeah. to from that theater training in that um, you spend years, if you go to a theater school, and because you are the only ones there, you learn to be a character actor. You learn mm-hmm. to be a character actor and getting cast in all these parts and the plays and whatnot. And then you come out of school and the entire industry tells you, no, 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 no. Be you. Sure. Act natural. That character stuff, that real kind of expansive, ooh, I'm going to play, doesn't come until you hit a certain echelon or you're in mm-hmm. a company or something like that. And so suddenly it's like, whoa, 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 I've spent four years you know, playing characters, you know, they, yeah, yeah. and now you want me to be just me? No, I'm doing this so I'm not me, because me, right. me is never good enough, right? Uh-huh. So it took, like, a while for me to find my natural-sounding read, and then, mm. like, the most natural kind of thing that I'd come up with actually was Scott Ryder for Andromeda. Mm-hmm. And that read actually is the Hyundai read, I so see. by the time the Hyundai audition comes around, I'm looking at it and what they're looking for. And I was like, oh, you just want Scott Ryder, you know, mm-hmm. uh, enthusiastic, but cool and approachable, like all this other stuff. And I had spent already hundreds of hours as Scott. So yeah, to suddenly yeah. be handed commercial copy and I'm like, oh, I know who this is. Yeah. And you yeah. and you just boom. And so that was one of the reasons I think that that gig showed up was because uh, Andromeda. And now that read is kind of my go-to, we need a regular person of indeterminate age. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then you, and then you, you go from there. Um, and funnily enough, one of the funniest things I, uh, um, uh, I heard from a, a friend of mine, uh, she had listened to a little bit of Zenkichi from Persona mm. 5, Strikers. Mm-hmm. And she was like, she said, I had stopped and like did a double take because I was like, it's just you. Mm-hmm. She's like, it's the first mm-hmm. time I've ever heard you do any of your voiceover work, and it's just you talking. And I was yeah. like, yeah. Um, you know, he's confident. He's in a place of, him, of his own with a kid he's trying to take care of, but also kind of been thrown into the lurch and not sure of himself. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, yeah, I understand that. That's where I'm at. Um, I think one of the things that makes Scott Ryder work is that he's a guy that's, 
prepared and trained for it, but now suddenly he's in over his head and is making it up as he go along, as he went along. And I'm like, yeah. oh, you mean like mo- me moving to L.A. for the first time? <laughs> right. You right. know what I mean? There's like a bunch of this stuff that you go, oh, these things kind of time out and work out. And some of it's hindsight, you know, because you, you know what it's like. You get in there, they show you the thing, you just go. Yeah. And then when you think like, well, where did some of these ideas come from? And you're like, ah, uh, they're not conscious ideas. I'm not consciously mm-hmm. thinking about that as you do the work. But yeah. The work you've previously done and what's led up to that moment—it's like your brain pulls that stuff. It's like, "Ooh, I know how this reaction is. Oh, I know right. what this sounds like. Oh, I know mm-hmm. where this comes from." And you just go, and then when you're done, you sit back and you go, "Oh, this came from there." Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. only with that—I think that's one of the good things that came out of uh, uh, the uh, uh, the degree—is that I have the ability to stop and sit back and do that kind of analysis. But mm. so much of the work is much more um, improvisation-based. You right. know, here's stuff, go. Here's stuff, yeah. go. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't, wor- uh, wasn't until uh, working with uh, uh, Charlie, uh, worked with Charlie Adler, Adler a couple different times. Mm-hmm. And it was um, like the second time working and playing with him, getting into that more improvisational space and realizing... I got to throw both like trust that I did the previous work mm-hmm. but I got to throw this out too sure and and yes and this to death and and go 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 um yeah and that I think was uh, uh, instrumental to like the work out here and mm. and doing that stuff yeah I first off uh going kind of going back I'm glad to hear that it was also like a good fit for both you uh and your wife right because yes. it was like a natural fit like for her career for mm-hmm. your career because um, you know for me it's I've been out here what like two three years but we mm-hmm. had a similar conversation because you know yeah. uh, my wife and I we you know we had a talk and <laughs> I uh, I had actually there was this potential live-action thing like that mm-hmm. ultimately it fell through like I didn't Ugh. but but I there were talks of like if you get this you have to move here or mm-hmm. at least be here and we yep. we talked about it, and I was like, I listen, if I get this, yeah. uh, are we going to do this? Because we lived in Michigan at the time. Oh, and, wow. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And so... I don't know she, your Midwest you know, guy. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, we're going. Go. Yeah, Midwest <laughs> guy. Or did, uh, did you grow up in the Midwest? Yeah, man. Northwest in, in, suburbs uh, of Chicago. Oh, shit. Okay. I went to school yeah, yeah. downstate and then just came back up, and I'm like, this is a perfectly good theater town. Yeah. Stayed yeah. in Chicago. Yeah, my parents are still back there. Uh, Wakanda, Illinois. Wakanda, Illinois. Wow. Wakanda that's, forever. Yeah. That's a great, great city name. So yeah, uh, I, I was I was a Midwest kid, born in Minnesota, uh, mm. living in Michigan at the time, and uh, I was like, well, my my wife, she's an artist, and God damn it, there's mm. a fucking that's, fire truck going by. They mean that. All right. They yeah. That. Yeah, they meant that. Uh, so I was like, you know, if I get this, are we gonna go? And she was like, mm. you know what? Yeah. And oh, then no. I ended up, it ended up not uh, happening. I think maybe I've talked about it on the podcast before, but long story short, it was like, uh, blah, 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 this big, this big thing that was supposed to go to, to network. And I was like, yeah. runner up to the thing. Uh, oh, it, it worked, it worked out though, because it never aired. <laughs> they shot, a, <laughs> they shot, they shot the pilot and right. it never aired. Uh, and I can I can maybe tell you afterwards if you are curious what it was, but uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. yeah, basically, and and then That's it cool. just sort of. But after all of that, you know, I flew I I flew out here for 
like the final auditions and everything. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, you know, coming back, even though I didn't get it, uh, mm. let's. I think this shows this is time. Like I, yeah. I've, I've, I've always been scared about moving out here. Yeah. Um, but the way things are going, I think, <laughs> I think this is the time. Like you I have no ready. idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Basically, that, and that opportunity told you you were ready. The opportunity was there, and you were like, yes, I'm going to say yes to the opportunity. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was me going, oh, like, I should go there by this point, blah, 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 whatever, yeah. some sort of goal I had set for myself. And then when this yeah. happened, I was like, fuck it. All right. We're going to go. Like, And also, uh, you, since you grew up you, since you grew up in the Midwest, uh, yeah. you go through enough Midwest winters, and you're like, mm, fuck this. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> the, the last yeah. winter before we moved out here was the first polar vortex. Mm. uh-huh yeah i will never forget it was a sunny day outside it was beautiful but it was f- frigid the kids mm. couldn't go to school because it was mm. not you couldn't guarantee children's safety getting sure. from like the bus or the car to the school yeah and my son turns and looks outside because again it's sunny looks beautiful mm-hmm. but it's freezing yeah and he's at the, the the big table looks out the window and says dad can we go outside and play <laughs> and I had to say, no, buddy, you can't. <laughs> so when we were out here all together as a family, like six, seven months later, anytime he said to me, Dad, can we go outside and play? It's like, yes. Mm. Yes, we can. And yeah. we'd go out and like, you know, throw a ball around or do whatever he wanted to do, skate back and forth, him on his scooter or whatever. Yep. Yeah. And so that's been, that's been a thing. Um, and we go back, we visit, and it is really cool, and it is very nice, and... I like fires and fireplaces and things like that. But then, yeah, I come outside here. I finish, you know, some time in the booth. And I just go out. I just go out in the backyard. Ah, yes. <laughs> Look at that sun. Yeah. It's February. Yeah. We still, we've been out here like five, almost six years. We still have moments like we're outside doing something. And it's sunny. It's beautiful. And we're like, <laughs> it's February. I know. <laughs> I will. I lived my time. I did my time in the Midwest winters. Yes. I people whenever people are like, "Oh, I I wish I could experience snow." I want to slap mm-hmm. them across the face. I'm like, "You, how you don't actually want to do that?" Um, Drive up to Mammoth. Absolute, yeah, you absolute fool. Try driving in that shit. Try shoveling yep. that shit. Yeah. Uh, just dying in that shit. It's terrible. Uh, oh yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. To go back to what I was saying, I basically. Uh, Shortly after that, uh, yeah. my current agency uh, reached out to me and was like, do you want to be represented? I was like, yeah, right. And then uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, you actually are interested. And then oh, that's awesome. And it sort of kind of worked itself out. And uh, I like right like I had I think it was that. And then I had to fly out for my first SAG job. And then mm. I was like, OK. I never want to fly out here again <laughs> for like <laughs> so yep. definitely as like that shortly after that we we made the move out uh oh, and, fantastic um so yeah it was a very kind of similar conversation though of like is this good for both because you know for her you know I think she's also much happier here uh you know we not only do mm. we have a lot of like friends here in the area but also oh. uh even the job she's doing now uh she's doing uh graphic design for ultra pro and it's like she vastly prefers this to she was doing like a she was working as like a secretary before which Mm -hmm. you know was Mm -hmm. fine it was you know it's a good yeah it was a good job but uh this is still way more relevant to her skill set and her interests and she has a lot more like creative uh Uh. out like you know 
creative output and creative work related to what she does. So yeah, uh, it, it ended up working out. Um, now I would like to give you the chance. Uh, well, uh, I always give well. the guests a chance. Is there a topic you would like to bring up, or is there something you'd like to ask me, or whatever? Mm. If not, don't worry about it. But mm. If there, mm. if there's mm. anything. You know what? Because I mentioned it earlier, and I, I still think it's brilliant. Uh, your short form stuff on YouTube. Mm. What was the impetus for that? The whole, mm. the, the whole pro ZD, the kind of gimmick, right? You're making mm. the videos by yourself, obviously sure. poking loving fun at things you love, mm-hmm. at, you know, at your fandoms. Was it a creative outlet, or just like I'm gonna fuss around? <laughs> Interesting. Uh, I got my start online uh, creatively with Tumblr. I don't know how familiar you are with Tumblr. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. But that was me doing like audio related shit posts and like uh, uh, just goofing <laughs> oh, like around. Shit <laughs> yeah, it was it was basically shit posting, and, that, and <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. how I got my start. Was uh, yeah. I built a sort of audience there, like, and it was also just practice for voiceover, like. Oh yeah. You know, you're you are out there getting a, a theater degree and you know doing legitimate work, and meanwhile I'm doing mm. shit posts online. But, I just show you some pictures. I don't know how legitimate some of it was, but anyway, <laughs> but, you just. It's interesting because, like, I think um, a lot yeah. of voice actors, um, sort of around my generation, have very similar. Like, even though some of us mm-hmm. don't want to, maybe don't want to admit it, uh, a lot of us were like uh, on forums online, like going, "I want to yeah. get into this industry." Like, you know, for you, it was like, "Oh, it just sort of happened." Yeah. Uh, whereas it's for not- a lot of us, it's like we would kill 10,000 people to get into a booth, right? Like, we are so hungry for it. Uh, so, and like yeah. I said, it, it's, it's, the, it's the realization that this was not just a, you know, a, a legitimate career and something you could do, but, like, I found out, um, somebody asked me, one of my students years ago, like, do you miss doing theater? Mm. And I said, I miss my friends. Mm, that's what i miss because so much of this right now between audiobooks and of course you know patching in for covid stuff yeah um i i don't see anybody right like i don't run into like allegra at you know uh one of the swank studios down in santa monica i don't run into her at lime Mm -hmm, uh mm -hmm. i don't randomly run into other people at you know uh at, at you know at any of the other places in town it just doesn't happen yeah, yeah. Um, so I miss that, but um, what's really good about this is that it really, the whole voiceover voice acting thing is, it, it appeals to all the sides of me. It appeals mm. to the person that built his own computer rigs multiple times back in the day. Yeah. Um, and then the artsy, the artsy person that loves, you know, theater and acting and it's, it's, it is a great marriage of the of the uh uh of goo and prickles mm. you know there's the nuts and bolts science and the distance from the mic and the equipment and all these things like that right. and as well as how how much time do we have to say this thing are we matching it uh what's the lip flap count yeah, how much you know yeah. all this other stuff like that but then you match that with well now you've got to find the the the, the squishy gooey part you know, here's the acting and yeah. the moment and the, what are you thinking and what's the space, how far, you know, and, and playing it in that. So again, my dad, the engineer, my mom, the teacher, language mm. arts teacher specifically, you know, so this whole work thing is a marriage of all of that. Um, right. The other thing I find that I love, and I don't, I suppose I should ask you this too, but um, I also love this because um, 
I love rehearsal. Mm, okay. But when then, but then when I do a show eight eight times a week for like two and a half three months, I no, I know a lot of people say no. The challenge is to find the freshness <laughs> and to do the thing. Sure. And I'm like, no, I like process. Mm. And what I love about voiceover is that it's all process. Yeah. We're trying things and making stuff up and try to try to get as much stuff in the can. Yeah. That's good and usable so that other people can go, ooh, I'm going to piece this together and, oh, listen to this lilt on this line here. We got to get this in here. Ooh, does this match up? No. We, oh, we've got another one that will match up. Yeah. And I I love that voiceover is, is process. Do you find that like with like an improv background, kind of like playing things like that? Or what is it? I... Uh... I love, uh, I do love the process as in finding what works, what doesn't, and developing. I, for me, like, so, some of the best sessions are um, you go in not really knowing what to expect, and by the end of it going, mm -hmm. wow, we really, like, found something together. We really, yes. you know, uh, formed something out of nothing, and yeah. it all yeah. worked, and it was great. Uh, I, I've said this before, but I think my, what I love the most um, though my sort of like my high, my creative high is mm. as as cheesy as it sounds. It's when you kind of like, not kind of, but when you lose yourself in it, right? When yeah. you when you are almost getting less focused on uh, the technical aspect and more into like, I really feel like I am the character in the scene. That to me is my mm -hmm. favorite and. You know, I think what the technical side of it, it's like because I've been doing this for so long, I can, yeah. I can, they can, that kind of stuff can go on autopilot and I know it'll sound good enough, right? Like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where I don't have to hyper focus on making sure I hit every like enunciation or whatever. So if yeah. I can sort of let myself just kind of get into it and go more instinctual um, and really feel like I'm in it, that's like my absolute favorite. Uh, that's what I love the most. Um, hmm. so it's kind of like a combination, right? Of like, yes, I do love the process because yeah. that's always really, really fun. Um, but I'm always seeking out just like, uh, interesting, like experiences and getting really, really into them if possible. Uh, because hmm. for me, it's not about like, um, uh, I don't, you know, some of some of my some of my most rewarding experiences. Uh, I don't think anybody's listened to or watched. Like, you know, it doesn't like whatever your most like yeah. yeah like some of your some of the best sessions you'll ever have. I'm like, I don't think anyone watched that. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> nope. I don't think anyone listened to that. But it mm -hmm. for me, it's always going to stick with me because it was, you know, one of those moments. moments. Yeah. 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 It. Yeah, see, it's funny. I think, I think because of my theater background and mm -hmm. the hours, days, years, you know, that I spent doing that and getting that work, um, I specifically remember having a moment on stage, uh, sophomore year, you can't take it with you. I played grandpa, mm -hmm. and it was near the end of the show, and I looked up at a, a friend, colleague of mine, uh, Chris Toomey, mm -hmm. who I think is out here somewhere. Chris, if you're listening, reach <laughs> out, man. Um but I looked up at him, and I still don't know what it is. There was like some lightning, something in that moment on stage. Yeah. And it's a feeling that I sort of remember having, but I knew there was a feeling. There was a moment. Mm. We finished the show. 
We bow. We're heading downstairs. Toomey stops me in the hallways. We're heading to the green room. He says, did you feel that? Mm. Did you feel that? And I said, yeah, what, what was that? He says, I don't know, but it's pretty damn cool. <laughs> and I was, I was 19. Wow. I'd found that thing, right? I was yeah. 19. Never had anything like that ever again. Mm. Ever. Mm. Um, and so I'm like, well, it's, you know, don't chase it. Chase whatever the moment is that's right there in front of you, you know, the things that you're doing. So I've had like a number of different kind of uh, existential moments and other things like that, performing roles and characters and all sorts of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like some of my rewarding stuff is when I get close, <laughs> I'm ending the day on Andromeda, I'm getting close to, uh, and I'm getting close to like line counts that Mark Meir and Jen Hale would hit. Mm-hmm. Like, what's Jen's, what's Jen's record? <laughs> is what I would ask. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 there's, and they'd tell me the number, and I'm like, ah, nope, missed it, missed it. <laughs> and then I was like, wait a minute, which game was that on? And they're like, Mass Effect 3. I said, okay, so she'd been at it for a while. Yeah. She can hit, you know, Shepard, yeah. that line count, because... It's just old hat. Let's pump this out. Right. You know, we're still exploring the space. We're still playing space. Yeah. Um, but I love that. Or um, they bring me in for. I love coming in, and usually this will happen like within for like rando backgrounds or monsters. Mm-hmm. They'll bring me in for. Okay, we'll set aside an hour or whatever, and I'm done in 20 minutes. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I love sometimes coming in, just knowing what I'm doing, especially nowadays when people out here don't necessarily know me. Mm. And I'm just ripping it out efficiently. And I'm like, yeah, call me again. Please. <laughs> thank you. Dude, um, I feel you on that because yeah. <laughs> I like I will get right? called in sometimes. Yeah. For like, hey, we want you to voice like five, like uh, uh, mm-hmm. five different little whatever background guys or whatever. Uh, yeah. And I, I think for me, it's like um, uh, for it, it depends on like the arena of where of mm, what what mm-hmm. it is but like uh in in certain arenas i i i like they don't really know who i am at all and like i it, it is kind of like this almost proving ground like i'm like let me yeah. show you what i can uh, <laughs> what i can do uh and there, yeah so it's like and then it's that thing like mm, call me again sometime like you know uh yep. yeah and you don't hear from them for a while mm-hmm. you know it's like, especially like video games it's like you came and recorded it's like but they don't have anything for you to record mm-hmm. for like another year or two sure, right sure. depending upon what's going on right um and there were a couple instances like back when i was in chicago there were a few times that people would just call me and like no we know you're good for it come on in mm, yeah, yeah and i knew something was happening even though i'm still doing Bunch of audiobooks, working in this booth at home, you know, nothing's like happening for me, you know, mm. <laughs> you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not Mr. Mercer. I'm not any of these other people. Like, I'm not anybody else in P5 Strikers, you know, everybody seems, seems so busy to me, but you know, I'm busy doing my own thing that I, that I carved niche for. Sure. But, um. Work is work. When you, yeah. But when you get that call. And it's not anything you auditioned for. Mm. They're just like, come on in. And it was, um, what was it? I worked on a game for Warner mm-hmm. doing some zombie sounds. I don't even think I could, I still don't think I could mention what the game was. Mm-mm. And then I get a call, come in, go to the Warner lot. Nothing like going onto the Warner lot. Yeah. I still love that. Uh-huh. I mean, that's it, it, never going to get old. Mm-hmm. And I go down to the ADR area and I was like, hey, what's up? And it's the people that I worked with before. And they said, hey. Um, the folks up at Valve needed some, some stuff, some, some creature stuff. Sure. They'll talk to you about it and we'll patch you in. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and the designer from Valve called in and says, okay, you have been, so to try to describe it, I said, what is this? They said, well, you're people who have been taken by the head crabs. I said, in Half-Life, I played all the games. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Right? And so they're like, well, this is you. You're screaming, but it's not. I said, okay. <laughs> and then it was the best, the most satisfying thing. There's two satisfying things. I did something. It just sounded uh, and so the, the the woman, the designer up uh, up in uh, Seattle from Valve, I finished like three in a row of something just awful. And she goes, oh, that's awful. <laughs> no, it, it's great. It's great. But it just sounds. <laughs> I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And then when I finished up, I said, uh, hey, how? What am, what am I doing here? And the casting person uh, from Warner said, hey. We worked with you on this, and it was awesome, and you were quick and efficient. And sometimes, like, I work with the folks at Valve, and mm. they called and said, could you recommend some people for this thing? Yeah. And she said, yeah, I can recommend some people. Do you want just no, no, don't send me anything. Just book somebody. Yeah, I trust yeah. you. And I was just like, you guys did all this for me, and I got to come in and do this wacky stuff? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Thank you. A billion times. Thank you. Yeah. Like, what a party. Yeah. And then the the other game that I worked with them on, it was like this, all of this, like, like okay, three or four different zombie things. It's like, okay, regular one. Okay, make them bigger. Okay. Mm-hmm. This one's really big. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do that waddle thing again. I'm like, oh, okay. So, yeah, that's that that's process, right? Finding that. Like the act, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, I feel confident I can find the acting. Mm-hmm. We'll get that. We'll find the we'll find the nuances and the turns and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, which was fun. Like for Zenkichi, it's like okay, we have this time to do this. It's like what are we saying, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's localized, brilliantly localized. Mm-hmm. But oh, what's this? Um, but then sometimes we're like, now nah, we're just firing for effect, trying to get some monster sounds. It's like, all right, how do we do that? You know, does this thing need to be wetter? Does it need to sound wetter? <laughs> I can make it sound wetter. <laughs> yeah. You know, and things like that. And that I loved. It's like the, the, the Octodad was just like finding that mm. was it was a treat. And then playing with them on it, it's just fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I love that that process, that kind of thing. Yeah. Where it's yes, it's acting, but oh man, it's playtime. Because I used to do this like by myself. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And just fuss around, like, how can I make this thing? I remember um uh, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Mm-hmm. Uh, so Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Uh, I remember seeing like a behind. I loved that film, so I, I remember seeing film. the behind the behind the scenes of that thing. Um, and uh, they showed Charles Fleischer mm. doing the voice of Roger Rabbit. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, that's brilliant. How's he? But I'm like, wait a minute, how does he do the please sound? Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm fussing around. And I'm like, ah, it's not sounding right. Why isn't? Why can I not do this right? And then I saw Fleischer do it, and he's doing it with the side of his cheek, ah. not his lips or his tongue or anything. And I was like, no way! Mm-hmm. And so I worked forever to be able to do that. Yeah. As a kid. Yeah. You know, it's things like that. Um, I used to come home from school and make sure I put off all of my homework. So I could watch Tiny Toons, mm-hmm. Animaniacs, and the Batman animated series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. V- I'm gonna date myself here. <laughs> I would pause. I would record it on VHS. Yeah, and pause the credits to see the names of the performers. Ah, you see, you and I very like very similar. It, yeah, right. Yeah, and I and I remember doing this, and I remember watching Batman animated series, just being on just. 
adoring the work in that and like being um being just blown away uh by uh like richard mall as uh as two-face mm-hmm. and harvey dent and then of course mark hamill mm-hmm. as the joker and i remember because i grew up with star wars like first run star wars yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, yeah. and i'm like seeing that in the credits i was like wait a minute no 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 wait what who <laughs> who's the joker and then i started digging because there was no internet at this point yeah um aol you know didn't have the same kind of information and i was like oh whoa wait a minute mark's mark's been busy yeah. i didn't oh my god yeah. you know and i went at the depth of that and so i started you know looking up all of these you know all these other people all these other performers you know performers you know tara and you know and and mark and all these other people and um started like making note of it yeah and then i went to school and got into you know strasburg and meisner and you know acting mm-hmm. right yeah. <laughs> and all this stuff kind of got pushed to the wayside so yeah there's been these little tells like and hey, then it's like probably back, should right? be doing this yeah yeah but you don't realize it until especially me i'm one of those people that like i i i need permission Mm-hmm. And I shouldn't. I should just be doing my thing. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I need that outside validation before I take that chance, mm-hmm. that step into certain things, sure. which is probably you know uh, an Achilles heel of mine mm-hmm. that you know holds me back from certain things. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I very similarly like. I mean, not only the Animaniacs that era, but like. Um, it was that era, and then shortly afterwards, uh, I don't know how familiar you are with like the Cartoon Network, like Powerpuff mm-hmm. Girls, Dexter's Lab era. Oh, but oh gosh, um, yeah. So it was that Powerpuff, still genius. Oh yeah, still a genius show. Yeah, oh, my God. but for me it was, as a kid, it was I had an ear for recognizing, even though they were playing different uh, characters. I was like, wait yep. a minute, that's that's Dexter's dad, and I was like, okay, what's mm-hmm. his name? And I would look at the credits like Tom. Jeff Bennett. Yep. Okay, Jeff and Bennett. Jeff, yep. All right. And then oh, but that means he's Johnny Bravo. And then and so mm-hmm. that to me was a mm-hmm. he, so I still have a very like encyclopedic knowledge of that yes. you know, of that. And you know, anytime like uh if my wife is watching like a like an animated thing, she'd be oh, like forget she'd, it. Yeah, she'd be like, Who's that? And I'm like, Oh, that's Kath Susie. I'm like, Oh, that's uh so and so. Like Kat. yeah, it's like yeah, that's so and so. Uh I uh that was also kind of like a weird tell, I guess. Because for me, you know, I mm. kind of my sort of what you were describing at age 19 with the sort of moment was uh, uh, I was recording for my friends. He was writing, he wrote a radio play that we would just record for fun. Like, and I was I was playing this ridiculous character, but uh, he was a Russian boxer and I was in high school <laughs> and it wasn't good, okay. but... I, I, there was a moment where I was like, I was really into it. And I was like, oh, yeah. oh, I love, I love this. Yes, yeah. Like, this is what yep. I want to do. Uh, and yep. then it became like, okay, how the hell do I do this? And kind of tying uh, back, I didn't really answer your question about like the whole video thing, but mm-hmm. uh, going back to like. I probably interrupted. Oh, no, 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 no. And, and listen, I, have I, a gift for I, I love, I love going <laughs> on tangents. Uh, but the, the okay. Tumblr thing, long story short, led to, yeah. uh, there was the, there was vine right uh which oh yeah, um, yeah. i had always looked at vine and go i could never do that like that is so intimidating like doing stuff on camera really short little snippets and then i decided to just do it for fun like whatever let's what's the harm and then those really took off uh and then after vine went away that's when 
I was like, well, okay, well, I'll just put this shit on YouTube, and I don't have, I can work with longer mm-hmm. than seven seconds. Uh, for me, mm-hmm. like, I, I think, I think comedy and uh, that's always been like a, a big part of me. I think is mm-hmm. uh, comedic expression uh, in some form or another, and um funnily enough like it oh sorry you kill it oh i appreciate that and like oh yeah yeah and i think it you know it also helped like showcase like hey like this guy uh uh can do you know different sort of voices and and also like perform and uh so i it it absolutely like uh helped helped things out and um yeah so it was like always I'd always enjoyed like making people laugh like and mm-hmm. for me though the the tumbler <laughs> was my sort of like well I want to get in the voiceover this was maybe 20 uh 2012 or something and I go well okay. I wanted I want to do this so bad but I have no yeah. idea how to do it like how to get into it I feel like it's impossible so whatever I'm not going to worry about it and then I was like uh, I'm going to do one audio post a day and I did that for several years. Mm. Uh, I didn't miss it. I didn't miss yep. a day. Uh, and just yeah, as a, yeah. as a, you know, I was dog shit in the beginning, and then you just sort of, you know, you but <laughs> as a, just by doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it, yeah, you know, you become, you know, and then uh, by the time like uh, I was reached out to by an agency, I mean, even before that, but like it's like I I, I always I think a lot of people tend to focus on like oh, but why can't I have success now like why can't i mm-hmm. and i'm like mm, it's not a race first of all but also uh yeah. it's if i had been approached like um in 2012 for example like right out you know a young kid like what are the gigs? yeah like yeah. i would have completely fucked it up i would have mm-hmm. they'd be like this kid can't act and this kid doesn't know yep. what he like like he's just a just a kid like who uh has asked like i look back on that and go wow like i was not ready you know it uh, mm-hmm. and so it was and you know like i mentioned a lot of people in sort of my age had the same sort of uh start of like well we'll just make shit online you make shit online and yeah. then you end up seeing meeting other people cuz obviously i tell people networking is like half of it right like it's like who do you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. who can vouch for you like that sort of thing yeah uh and you just sort of watch as people's you know and, and you know you make just keep making stuff and that's what i did was yep. like i just make made stuff, stuff yep. made stuff and then eventually like that caught attention of some people and then i you know it's all just all it is really is you're just constantly proving yourself <laughs> like to other people like hey i can oh. i can do the job and they go you can do the job let me show you to this other guy who and then oh let me prove to mm-hmm. you that i can do the job uh yeah over and I, over again I'll, yeah uh uh uh, Rob Paulson's uh, podcast, his old podcast, mm. uh, Talking Tunes, yeah. he described he described the the whole act, the whole voiceover thing, is even if you get to a certain point, is proving yourself over and over again. That's that's what auditions are. Yeah. Um, and I remember the way he describes the process is like walking into stuff nowadays. You know, he is the uh, the the grizzled veteran, right? <laughs> you know, we grew up on his work. Yes. Right. Yes. And. I, you know, I'm always I'm picking him out sonically and all the stuff that he does because I've listened to him for the long time, and he says he's like, oh, so I'll walk into situations or a callback or something, and these young guys get up from the table to say hello to me, and they've written this script, and they're like, hey, Mr. Paulson, we we grew up on your work and we absolutely love you, like we think you're the best, 
but can you do this? Mm. And it's right. And, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, mm. Rob, that's it right there yeah. every day, yeah. every day, you know, and it is that, but that's just, that's the audition process. Um, I remember, uh, okay, I'm getting old. And so names are sometimes bad for me. Um, but, uh, the gentleman, uh, uh, from, uh, uh, Davy Jones from the uh, Pirates. Oh, uh, Bill Donai. Bill Donai. Yeah. So Bill tells the story about he gets that role mm. and everybody's blowing up and he's blowing up yeah. after Pirates. Sure. And everybody loves it. They're throwing him into stuff. And, and they say, what's the best part about this new, you know, you've been around for a while working as an actor. Yeah. You're not like unknown, but now like you've got this star thing. He says, they say, what's the best part? He says, well, I don't have to audition anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they just kind of hand me stuff and I, I, I pick what I want to do. And yeah. I was like, that's it, right? Like if you've been in the trenches for a while or long enough, yeah, yeah, that is totally it. Just here's the thing. And you're just like, oh, I don't have to audition for this. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You know, because the audition, auditioning is the job. Yes. Um, yes. That's kind of, and it's been, even though it, it while it's very much the day job, uh, I, I don't mean to demean audiobooks in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people that do that for real, I don't feel like I do it for real, mm-hmm. but the people that do it for real, whose work I love and I look up to, I'm like, those people are in it and they're phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it was a number of years ago, I wasn't auditioning for the books. There's like a publisher, Blackstone, wonderful. And now I'm working a bunch with Podium mm-hmm. where they're just like, here's some books, mm-hmm. go. And I was like, oh, Okay. Yeah. Do you like this? You know, um, there's um, one of the first books I did was uh, a series of, of books by uh, uh, Archer Mayer, who wrote writes these uh, kind of police procedural novels about Joe Gunther of the VBI, mm. and I came in. He'd, he'd had two other narrators on his series, and they they booked me for it, and I did the first one, and then they kept giving them to me every year because he writes a book every year. Mm-hmm. And then a few years ago, um, he and his wife reached out to me personally, and then we put it back to the publisher, Blackstone, and said, hey, could you do the entire unrecorded back catalog of these books, please? Wow. <laughs> we we like you. We like what you've been doing. Could you do the back catalog? I was like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, sure. It's, it was like 18 books. <laughs> so, And that dropped when I moved out here. So as I'm auditioning my butt off, not working at all, I had this stack of these books yeah. and it was, it was really great. And it's been, it's been neat. Um, and I just, it was a period last it was a year or two ago. Suddenly it was like, Oh, I didn't get, a, I didn't get a Joe Gunther novel this year. Huh? And I don't know if publishing or something fell off, but then suddenly the Blackstone reached out and said, Hey, we've got last year's Joe Gunther and the new one's coming up in September. You want to do these? I'm like, sure. Yeah. Um, let's go. And it's like getting the band back together. Yeah. Like these are some of the first character voices and stuff that I created for audiobooks mm. and I've adapted them over the years but I keep coming back to them um that's cool uh, here, here's a voiceover lesson by the way don't choose a sprint character voice for a marathon character mm. uh, yeah I yeah. screwed up years and years ago mm. I gave because Joe Gunther was a this was in the 2000s when I was recording this uh, you know like 2011 2012. Uh, Joe Gunther is a Korean war vet. Okay. So I'm like, okay, this dude's older. All right. So I'm going to create this character voice for him, and then everybody else is going to run away from him. 
Mm. Uh, turns out the first X number of books in the series are first person from his perspective. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I'm reading entire books like this, and it's just like, yeah, dumb, dumb. <laughs> I could not, like, I had to, like, cut my recordable hours on a daily basis in half mm-hmm. just because nobody sounds sounded like him, but he's narrating from that point of view. It's just, that's dumb. Just dumb. But you're like, like, I didn't know. And you, and you suffer and you suffer through. And then you learn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 And and I don't use, with the exception of him in, in those books, I don't use that voice for anything else. Mm-hmm. It's almost like too tied to it. Got Maybe it. I've auditioned for like some video game project with it, but it's like, it, because if somebody said, oh, this character speaks faster or slower, and if I'm in that voice, it's like, no, this is all tied together. I need to be able to separate it as a good voice actor, mm-hmm. but like it's so ingrained in it. Sure. And some of the way he speaks is my dad. I see. Like his phrasing is like how my dad talks and stuff like that, you know? Gotcha. Um, now, I'm going to circle mm. back a bit mm. uh, as, as we're kind of... Uh, mm. wrapping up here. Uh, I would love to go Ed- back. Editing later. Editing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just editing. Oh, 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 I don't edit this. Don't worry about it. I know. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. You're like, hey, shout out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, my buddy Jay is the one editing. Uh, thanks, Jay. Thank you, Jay. Uh, yeah, thanks, thanks, Jay. Um, so I, uh, going back to board games, uh, I would yes. like to, I would love to know um first off your kids what are their favorite like your their favorite board game each and then i would like to know if you have mm. top five okay i really think my daughter again 12 12 year old genius mm-hmm. just a heads up yeah i really think her favorite thing that she just is like i want to play yeah, like anytime you mention it it's she's she's good to go is gonna be um my little scythe mm, okay yeah. But I sincerely think if I taught her the full ass game scythe, mm-hmm. she'd be all up yeah. <laughs> all up on with that yeah, too. Yeah. Um my son, he goes back and forth, but I really think uh so he played a lot of Colt Express on mm. the uh iPhone. Okay. The iPhone app. Yeah. Because it handles the fiddly stuff. And I think sometimes he's cooler about losing there but if he's competing <laughs> with other people in a real meat in meat space yeah nah, he ain't cool with losing there ah um, very competitive but okay yes yes but uh the one he loves you pull that out and he's more than happy at uh dice town the one oh i believe did i recommend that one to you I think so. Yes. And I, and I, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were chatting or something like that on Twitter back and forth. You said, hey, Dice Town. And then, like, the next thing in that line is me, here's the picture of Dice Town. Thanks yeah. a lot. Yeah. Dice Town <laughs> no, is great. He, yeah. Dude, he loves it. We've gone to like a local brewery when you could do things like that. Mm-hmm. I, I grab a, I, I, you know, I grab a pint, get him some root beer, and we just sit there in that place and, and play that yeah. two player. Goes well. He competes really well. Sometimes he makes bad decisions, but he's okay with it. Sure. You know, or he's shooting for something. Or he's, he's, he, he's able to read the board and everybody else's stuff. He goes, ooh, oh, they're running out of gold nuggets. All right, I got to yeah. I gotta try to do this. Or like, ooh, I'm ahead here, but ooh, I want to end the game. Um, yeah. So he for him, it's, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'd say Dice Town. I'm glad to hear it. Glad um, to hear it. And how about but, you? What are what are uh, like geez. the five? It doesn't have to be your top five, but five right. that come to mind of like, these are these are the good ones. All right, I I sincerely because um, I like a good worker placement. Mm. I played a lot of uh, 
uh, Lords of Waterdeep on iOS. Mm, okay, um, yeah. A really, really good game. Yeah. Uh, would never pass the muster here. I think it's too slow, cerebral. Uh, that's why if I'm looking at worker placement, I'm, I'm going to have to say... Um, uh, Vikings of Vikings. <laughs> Vikings of Vikings. Champions, champions of Midgard. Champions, champions of Midgard. So champion the Midgard right up in there. Uh, I want to like Root. Oh, I'm I've with read. you. I'm with you on this. Uh, so Root. Yeah, yeah. I I want to like Root, but I don't. It, right, here's here's the thing. Yeah. I own Root. I own the expansions. I just kickstarted the next expansion. I have the the bougie vinyl mat. Of the, the thing, I, I did the thing, right? I got all this stuff. I've read it a bunch of times. I've got the app. I have never taught it or played it with my family. <laughs> I don't, it, it's dense. Nope. It's yeah. dense. And, and I, have you played it with people? No. I have uh, not played this game. Okay. I own okay. the game and the folder. The worst thing that ever happened to me mm. was to have enough success in my work. Uh huh. To have a couple bucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this is just dumb. It was just dumb. Um, my daughter also adores the art yeah. and wants to get into the game because the art and the components. Um, I think your daughter could get into it from what yes. from the sounds of it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, um, yeah. So she likes that. Um, I tried to teach it once and it, we didn't get very far. Uh, but my son was younger then, so I could probably try it now and it'd be better. Mm-hmm. Um, we do like Fort. Uh, that's a newer one same pu- right is that the yeah like same the... publisher yeah card game where uh it is a deck builder but the the trick so you're all kids in a neighborhood building a f- building your fort mm. and the object is to try to make the coolest fort ever so your friends will come and play with you those are the kids you invite into your deck mm-hmm. but if you don't make use of the kids in your deck they go out into the yard and other players can take them into their I deck. I see. Okay. Because why would your friends? I love it. It's in the it's in the rule book. Why would your friends stick around if you don't play with them? Yeah, yeah. That's um, great. Very clever. I very just clever. got that for my brother in law actually as a gift, but I have not played it yet. I would like to. It, it sounds. It's fun. it's good. It's solid. It was a relatively easy teach, and everybody got into it. And again, the you know I talk about my son theme is everything. Uh, for my my daughter, she draws. She loves art and drawing and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she art, and she saw immediately. Oh, it's the same guy that drew Root. Mm. And so and so she's in. She's like that. That will that will bring her to the table. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also so there's stuff that we haven't played that I love. Uh, I I like uh Star Wars. Um, the Empire. No, M. Uh, Alliance. Imperial Assault. Imperial Assault. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I loved putting that together, pulling it out. I've taught it twice, mm-hmm. and it kind of clicks. Like, the kids get it, and they get into that miniature stuff more than, than my wife does. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm going to bring everybody to the table, like, no questions asked, eh, maybe Catan, but honestly, Ticket to Ride. Yeah, Ticket to Ride. Everybody Classic. shows up. Everybody can compete each and every time. Hey, do you not have that much time? Go with Ticket to Ride New York. Mm-hmm. Nice little tweak to the to the rule set. That's immediately you can immediately pick it up. Tiny box, small thing. It gets competitive quickly. Yeah, but it's still Ticket to Ride. Yeah, um, I recently picked that up for my folks. Actually, uh, whenever I visit my my parents, uh, I will go to Target 
and I will go because <laughs> uh, they don't have like a local friendly local game store near near them. So mm-hmm. I go to Target, and Target has a surprisingly good yes. selection these days. So I will just Best go. Easy. I'm going. All right, we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna get this 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 this, and you can you can have these so that I have. I'm just gonna build. Uh, your own little collection for you so that when I visit <laughs> we will have games mm-hmm. to play but you know it's, it's also great to introduce them because they have they have had they had no interest in board games before but yeah uh, it's yeah. been very fun to uh, get them into certain games and yeah uh, New York mm-hmm. was one of them the, uh, uh, yeah I was very impressed with how well they sort of translated it to a smaller scale but still keeping yeah, the spirit right? of the game yeah. Yeah, and it, it's that thing that I was like, oh, okay, it's smaller, and then suddenly I realized, especially in a four-player game, oh, we just cut each other's routes off. Yeah. Oh no, did I just doom you? <laughs> and yeah, it it gets competitive fast, and suddenly, hey, you're cleaning up in twenty minutes. Or usually, what happens is everybody just yells, sure. "No, one more, let's go." Sure. Um. So the ticket to ride variants. I just thought of this. We bought it because I'd heard about it, mm. and then suddenly it was at Target. We were out of our house because we had to evacuate because of wildfires. Mm. Um, so we were staying at a friend's house in, in the city here. And I just went to Target to get some supplies, like just get some food. Everybody can hang out and get some sodas for the kids. Because mm-hmm. we didn't want to raid our friend's pantry. They were like, they were out of town. They're like, no, no, I have whatever. And we're like, no, no sure, sure. I got the stuff. But I go over and I thought, I'm stuck with the kids. We're not going to be watching on TV or anything. Yeah, we have some stuff. We have some pads and, you know, I've got the switch here, but let's let's see if I can find something. And we saw Horrified. That's a great the, game. The co- Holy crap. Taught really well. Mm-hmm. Looks phenomenal. Theme? Oh, yeah. the boy's all over it. Mm-hmm. And we've played that a number of different times with a number of different variants. And my again, my son is just there every time. He loves the idea of these movie of the movie monsters and oh the creature from the black lagoon he goes from over here and if you do this oh yeah yeah loved it that's um prospero hall the designers of of mm -hmm. uh that game they do great stuff it's great like accessible like sort of you can get them at target but really smart design that game is basically like horror well horror pandemic it's weird to say now but yeah yeah it's like the pandemic but horror themed it's it's fantastic yeah yeah Oh, yeah, yeah. And I've got, I think, Pandemic on the shelf here. Never got that one out. I know how that one runs. I've got, again, the app, and my daughter's played it a little bit. Yeah. But uh, harder to get to the table. Um, But that one, I pull that out, especially like, you know, oh, it's spooky times. It's Halloween or whatever. He loves it. And we played it like once a week, every week throughout October this last year. Nice. Um, Love that one. Um, There's a bunch of stuff in the cabinet here. That kind of goes unplayed, which is which is the worst one. This is the worst part. Um, what would you say are a couple of the ones that you're like, I I'm dying to, to try these out. Just have not gotten the chance to. Because for me, that's well, I have like stacks of them <laughs> at this oh, point. I can imagine. But um, well, and you, and you wind up getting and you wind up getting stuff sometimes from publishers too. So yeah, anything right? I Where review like, oh. is what it's sent to me to review. Yeah, uh, and even so, but beyond that, I just it's it's my problem where I have stacks of unplayed especially during covid because before i could at least get them played every week like i could invite people over and now it's like i'm just building up a giant uh tidal wave and it's gonna just uh, it's gonna splooge all out uh yeah Mm -hmm. when once once i'm allowed to but uh 
Yeah, so what are what are some titles that you're like, I... Uh, Root is one... Okay, so interesting. Oh. I've only played Root once, and I, I would like to try it yeah. again, but... Oh, man, mm. it's it's tricky, because I love the aesthetic. I love the concept. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, you know, asymmetric, four different factions, mm-hmm. but I just felt like the balancing was off. I don't know. I'd be curious, whenever you do get to play it, what your thoughts yeah. are on it. Uh, it which, which faction did you feel like... Well, uh, I we top that. I played the cats, and they felt okay. they felt pretty like in the beginning. The whole point is that they're very like strong, and they're all over the mm-hmm. place. But mm-hmm. after over time, they get weaker and weaker and weaker. I thought the one that was yeah. really kind of kind of I couldn't figure out how it worked balance wise is the the little raccoon or the traveler or something. He's like the mm-hmm. hero, and he just kind of is his own solo game. And I was like, I don't really yes. know how to stop this guy like <laughs> from doing what he's doing. Like everyone else is like mm. hitting each other in the face. And then this guy's like, okay, I'll just go over here and pick this up and pick this up. I don't know. I, I'm sure yeah, people who, yeah. I'm sure heavy root players will be like, well, you actually need to, I'm like, okay, yeah, probably. Uh, and I, I'm not saying the game's bad by any means. I think it's, no. I think it's very cool. Um, yeah. So I would be curious whenever you do play it, uh, what okay. your thoughts are on it. I, yeah, I will totally let you know. Yeah. Um, oh, shout out to stuff that doesn't get to the table. The uh, D&D uh, board games, the giant box ones, uh, Ravenloft. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those things. Uh Play those couple, you know, it's kind of based on the old fourth edition rules where everybody has powers that they use on a daily basis, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, card based, uh, you know, turn over the tile, hidden things. Yeah, I think I played Ravenloft should... or what? I don't, I don't know D&D at all. It's like what? Castle? Castle Ravenloft. Hold on, see. Uh, yeah, I think it was that one with Strahd. So there's a bunch, there's a, there's a bunch of them. Mm, um, okay. But there's a, no, not Dragonfire. I believe it was Ravenloft and it had a vampire guy. Yep, it was this one. Yeah, my, my brother-in-law showed me this okay. one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tomb of Annihilation. Mm. And the other one we have, I, I skipped Assault of the Giants and then, oh, Temple of Elemental Evil. Mm. Uh, loved them. Box full of, box full of sweet components. Mm-hmm. Uh, gets kids into a thing. And another thing that really works out for us is cooperative. Mm, uh, mm. We too often here have trouble with competitive games. I see. Uh, <laughs> again, the boy and people not knowing quite how to lose just yet, which is okay. <laughs> sure, you know, sure. Happens. Yeah. Um, so there's that kind of thing. But uh, so yes, the D and D Tomb of Annihilation and Temple of Elemental Evil. We need to get back to the table again because fun. You know, uh, the the dungeon runs itself, right? You know, you're, you're competing mm. against that, yeah, which is really really good. Um, another thing we haven't played in a while, uh, uh, the Marvel deck builder, uh, the old one, not the new one. Uh, the old one. Are we talking legendary? Yes, Mar- Marvel Legendary. My favorite game. That's- I taught it to my daughter because I taught her at a very young age how to play the Pokemon card game because mm. she was into Pokemon because mm-hmm. you know you're a child. Yeah, she learned to play the Pokemon card game, so I was like, well, if you can do this. Here, come here. And yeah, she got into it. We played that a number of different times. I got a few different of the expansions and it's sitting there right now, unfortunately. I, you know, it's it's a lot it's a lot to bring to the table. I have every expansion. <laughs> and I have awesome. played every scheme. <laughs> I've beaten <laughs> I've beaten every single one. For me, every time a new one oh. comes out, I buy it. I sit down with either uh, my wife or like a friend oh. and we just grind we just cruise through like the four new schemes uh oh, i use i use an a randomizer app uh so every Ooh. game yeah the, 
if you do bring legendary back to the table, uh, yeah. it's great because you can get a randomizer app. I think it's called like Assemble. Oh. Uh, cute, you know, Marvel. But it's you know, uh, what what you do is you plug in what expansions you have, and you just press Assemble, and it'll give you oh. the heroes to play, what scheme, and what you need to set up. And it's different every time, oh. and because I have everything, oh, uh, every game is completely unique. Because I have, I mean, I had like I have, God, three, four boxes full of cards. I had to get like custom dividers. Uh, I just Ooh. deck building games are the ones where I go all out. Uh, if you, um, I mean, listen. We should uh we should play some games sometime I think yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah probably should we'll talk we'll talk um, afterwards but if you want yeah. to see a full uh, a full uh collection of Marvel Legendary oh uh, hell yeah uh, yeah hell yeah um to to round out stuff that needs to come back to the table um and actually my wife brought it up mm. last week because she was mentioning a certain dice game she couldn't remember what it was Dice Forge yeah Dice Forge is great yeah. So I haven't been able to bring the expansion. We played the original a number mm. of different times, but I don't think I've put the expansion out on the table, which is just like more cards. It's and just stuff, more, right? or more like yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my favorite kind of expansion. Yeah, just by more the way. stuff, more faces. Yeah, to I love expansions where it's just hey, here's more content, and not as opposed to like yes. here's like a ten different new rules. It's like yeah, that can be fun depending on the yeah. game, but for me, what well, the reason why I buy every Marvel legendary expansion is you don't change the rules really i mean yeah you learn new keywords and stuff mm-hmm. but it's just here's more cards here's a randomizer app i do the same thing with i don't know if you're with if you're familiar with aeon's end it's another deck building game uh yeah. i buy yeah, yeah. every kickstarter i'm just like yep give me all it's like <laughs> it's like 20 new playable characters and i'm like great thank you oh, i will add it and i have an app for that as well you know that's that's my shit is uh deck building expansions I wish I've I've played the app, and I don't think I could ever get it to the table again. Just for the daughter, mm. but that's it. The Pathfinder Adventure mm. card game. I love the app, and I and again I love the idea of, okay, here's a card game based around adventuring through town. You have yeah. to do these things, and then at the end of the adventure, you just get rewards that suddenly become a permanent part of your deck, and then you upgrade your character and their abilities by you know as they level up and they. Mm. I love that. You know, the kind of consistent, you know, uh, uh, building throughout the course of a card. It's like, and I have this character, yeah, yeah. and I, I put him in a little sleeve, and it's like, this is this character, and this is this character's deck. Um, and I loved how contained it was. Kind of reminds me of, uh, you ever play um, Arkham Horror, the card game? No. Something I love to do, mm. but again... It's got to be appropriate. Yeah, yeah. For the, uh, for wait, the wait, like five table, more right? years, <laughs> and then then maybe you can bring yeah. it to the table. But, oh yeah. Uh, if you like that sort of concept, I think you would really Love dig it. that. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I looked at that last year. I was just like, ah, oh. couldn't mm, couldn't pull the trigger. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I get that. Hmm. Um. Well, this has been great. I. Uh, oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah. I. So. Thank you for taking the time to sit down. I. Uh, I, I oh, love, uh, again, not only hearing about uh, how people get into the profession, but also just board game talk uh, is always is always a blast. Yeah. Um, now, where can people find you? Okay. I really am only, I mean, I have a Facebook page, but it's it's a bit of a joke because um, uh, more audiobook people go to Facebook than mm. Twitter. But I am at Taylorson on the Twitters. I don't, maybe I've got an Instagram. I don't know, <laughs> but I, it's at Twitter all day, all long. 
I don't stream because uh, old man <laughs> playing video games poorly is probably not good. Although my friend, she says that's it a genre. Doesn't stop some people <laughs> and people would watch. <laughs> yeah, it's right. Yeah, some some wonderful uh, Persona fans have said no. We'd watch old man playing games poorly. I'm like, you, you kids are cute. <laughs> I love you and your anime avatars, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I've got I've I've got books sure, to record sure. here. But yeah. At Taylorson on the tw- on the uh, on the Twitters, uh, and from there you can find everything like my sorely outdated <laughs> web page, and maybe even that link to that Facebook page that also is <laughs> sorely outdated. I'm saying, yeah, I got tweets to compose, and and books to record here. Yeah, exactly. You're too busy for that shit. Yeah, uh, and everybody go check out Persona Five Strikers Heck as yes. well, uh, starring uh, Tom here, and uh, and nah. I'm in it as well, and yeah. And, various places as well so check that out you'll hear him uh all right see you guys